solves everything. A how-to-do show where Heather takes credit for making the world a better place by introducing you to people who actually are. I used to think that I was a good person. Then I met these folks. Wow. Welcome back, everybody. You've made it to another episode of Heather Solves Everything, the show where I take credit for making the world a better place by introducing you to people who actually are. I've got two guests in the studio with me today, and we're going to talk about something that might make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. But you know what? We're not afraid to talk about it. This is a problem-solving show. We are going to solve problems here today. I'm looking forward to introducing you to my guest, Amaya Wayman. She is an 11th grader at Rickards High School, and she's the founder of the Girl Flow Project, aiming to end the problem of period poverty. That's what we're talking about today, guys. It is the lack of access to sanitary products in schools throughout the community and elsewhere. We're going to hear about the inspiration for her work, some of the challenges she's faced, and how we can help. Welcome, Amaya. Thank you for having me. Also joining us is Dana Brooks, a partner with Fasig Brooks Law Firm, who heard about Amaya's project and wanted to jump in and support. In fact, she feels so strongly about the rights of women to have access to hygiene products that she sued the governor of Florida in 2017 to remove the luxury tax on hygiene products. And y'all, we have her to thank for the laws being changed. We're gonna talk about how women can work together to make sure everyone has what they need. Welcome, Dana. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. All right, guys. The School of Public Health at the University of Michigan shares that one in five girls miss school because they don't have what they need when they get their period. Mm. They aren't able to afford pads or tampons or liners. Some are forced to use rags, paper towels, toilet paper, cardboard. Others ration their sanitary products by using them for longer than they should. If this has you squirming in your seat right now, good. It should. Because everyone deserves to be able to menstruate with dignity. If you're a little uncomfortable with this topic, Shake it out, guys, because this is something we need to talk about. Period poverty encompasses not only the lack of access to these products, but also inadequate access to toilets, hand washing, and hygienic waste management. And it is a problem closer than you might think. Now, the reason this public health crisis is not addressed is largely due to stigma and shame. Amaya... Dana and countless others agree that access to menstrual products is a right and feeling clean and confident is a basic necessity. So today we're going to explore how we're addressing the problem and share how you can be a problem solver when we get into three or four tips for smart activism. So are you guys ready to solve some problems? We're ready. Yes, we're ready. <laughs> Let's get into it. All right. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty used to walking into any restroom and having what I need. Mm-hmm. What I need is in there. Yeah. And if it's not there, I can go to the store and get it. 
you know, and this is just the reality of my life. But I also know that it's not like that for everyone. So Amaya, I'd like to hear from you about how this problem came to your attention and how you decided to take ownership of it. Well, this problem actually came to my attention once I was just looking around and seeing how I saw, I actually asked the teacher one time, could I go to the restroom? And I knew at that time my cycle was on, but I didn't have the product with me. And so I went to her and asked, and she said, yeah, go down to the office. Because in high schools, we really don't have clinics. So after I went down to the office and I asked them, they told me that we didn't have those products. And that was so just out of the world to me, because I'm like, how do you not just have a product that I need? And once I found out that this was something that we didn't have, then back when I was in middle school, I was working in the food pantry to gain service hours. And I realized that, well, we're making sure we're supplying food for those students mm -hmm. who may be being experienced in targeting at homelessness. But I was like, well, we need menstrual products as well. Mm -hmm. So this is why after I went on, started to look more into it, did my research and said, this is what I have to do. This is what I've been called to do, realizing that I had to make that difference. I always go by the phrase, if not you, then who? Mm -hmm. So that's why I just took it upon myself to really just dig deep and start the growth flow. I'm really glad that you did. You know, I think we've all had that experience. At least all of us ladies have had the experience of realizing, uh-oh. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you know, we've all reached over to a friend and said, hey, do you have anything? Because you realize you're unprepared. And when you're in school, I think that's even more stressful. Sure. You know, you've got enough going on in middle school and high school to have to worry about that. So how did you get started? I got started by just collecting products on my own first from personal allowances. It's then I started to look into applying for grants so that I could find the products because I didn't want to just start going out asking first. I was like, well, first, what can I do myself to make that difference and to actually start this project up? So once I started doing that, it just started to continue to grow and expand more. So this was just in your school? Yes. And then did you have any friends that were helping or did anybody else pitch in and decide they wanted to, to expand it? At the beginning, I really kept it quiet because I always understand that this is a great initiative and it's great for everyone who's being experienced by this. But I realized that I didn't want to really put it out there. And so I started to do it on my own. And as it continued to grow, then I started telling my friends and then started getting people to pitch in and help. But as far as just at the beginning, I placed those products in my school first and then I started to venture out and go towards other schools as well. And Dana, how did you hear about this? Amaya came to me and I can't remember exactly how. It may be just probably Googling about it or something, you know, because we did a lot of press when we um, sued to get the law changed. Mm -hmm. And although our lawsuit was not successful, the awareness piece certainly was. Mm -hmm. And two uh, women legislators introduced legislation that sailed right through to remove taxes on feminine products in Florida, which was costing women about $15 million a year 
that they didn't have to spend in a working environment where they're making 73 you know, cents on every dollar for a man anyway, and then getting into their pocket for something that is a beneficial biological fact that helps the entire species, helps everyone, and is a um, human hygiene safety concern. I mean, we make sure that bathrooms and schools are stocked with toilet paper because of the health risk. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is not different than that. And so to have that born by women, a lot of households are um, you know, headed by s single moms now. They've got to stretch that dollar a lot further. Uh, so it was just, it was, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't stand by and watch that happen and not try to do something about it. Amaya took it one step further and is trying to provide the products free, not just tax free. That is, the, I think, the most um, significant part is that this is something that's available for anybody who needs them when they need it. So how do you make sure that your school stays stocked up and supplied? I keep continuing to make sure that I can provide the products myself and continue to ask the community and people like Miss Dana and Facebook Brooks for all the help that they're doing because that's what's keeping these products stocked up. That's what keep that's what's keeping these products to continue to keep coming in and as long as that happens then the products in schools will be covered. Did you have a hard time talking with people about this topic? Because I know not everybody wants to talk about having their period. I did at the beginning, especially talking to some of my guy friends. It was definitely that almost like a void. But as I started to continue and as time went on, now it's almost like a regular normal thing. And then now they're asking me about it. So it's just like, oh, well, Wonderful. okay, come on, let me tell you more, you know. But at the beginning, I saw how some people were like, hmm, I don't know if we should approach this subject like this. Maybe it's a different way. But I was just like, no, I think this is the best mm -hmm. way to just come on out and talk about it and yeah. not make it taboo. Mm -hmm. Y'all can't see Amaya right now, but she is sitting here with a T-shirt on that says right in red letters, mm -hmm. the Girl Flow Project. And she does not shy mm -hmm. about telling you what needs to happen for women and girls in our community. And I know that this project is expanding beyond your high school and into um, all all high schools across Leon County. And I want to talk about that when we get a little bit um, further into the program. We're looking forward to hearing about that and also how we can help to make sure that this project is a success. So, guys, stay with us. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. This is Coach Healthy Heather. I'm here with Amaya and Dana. We're talking about period poverty. It is an okay thing to talk about. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Healthy Heather from Heather Solves Everything. I want to thank my sponsor, Kyleen and Ryan Studios, a local husband and wife photography team who specialize in weddings and portraits of all kinds. Whatever special event you have coming up, they're your photographers for life. With a combined 32 years of professional photography experience, their unique perspectives shine through in every image you see. Find out more at KyleenAndRyan.com. That's KyleenAndRyan.com. Wow, 
Welcome back, everybody. I'm Coach Healthy Heather, and you're listening to Heather Solve Everything. Every woman deserves to dance in the street, carefree, not worrying about her period. That's what we're talking about today. We are solving the problem of period poverty. I've got Amaya Wayman, a junior at Rickards High School, and Dana Brooks of Fasic Brooks, attorney in Tallahassee. And guys, we have been talking about not talking about our period, (laughs) but it's a real thing. I mean, it happens all the time. And I started to become curious about the different ways that we avoid saying menstruation, Mm -hmm. the thing that's happening, the biological process that keeps the human race here. And um, so I I looked around and I found out that there are over 5,000 slang terms to describe the fact that we we have our period. And so I found a few of them that I thought were interesting, of course, Women in the United States know what it means when Aunt Flo is in town. Right. But if you are in England, you might say the painters are here. (laughs) I'm not familiar with (laughs) that. Not familiar with that one. (laughs) If you get your period in South Africa, you might tell your friends that granny is stuck in traffic. And uh, if you're in Puerto Rico, uh, your girlfriend might tell you that the rooster sang to her yesterday. Oh, my. Yeah. (laughs) There was a study in 2016 by the International Women's Health Coalition um, that (laughs) tells us all of the ways that women talk about this around the world. But we are not afraid to talk about it out in the open because having your period is a big enough of a pain To not have to worry about whether you've got what you need to deal with it with dignity. 100%. So, Dana, tell us a little bit about the socioeconomic and cultural issues that make period poverty a thing. Well, like I said before, you know, you're already reaching into the pocket, but least able to afford that. Uh, People who are having to stretch their dollar more than anything. But, you know, when you look at just the fact of menstruating for women, the cost over time. If you're in the job market and you, and, and, you know, from a feminist perspective, you know, we're looking for equality, we're looking for fairness. And if you have the same amount of paid time off as your male counterparts, but you're burning through it faster because of cramps, fibroids, endometriosis, bed rest during pregnancy, um, fertility treatments, and, and the way that takes such a toll on a woman's body and her, her health, but it gets into her, her money. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, that is a property right or, or it has the, you know, a lot of characteristics of a property right in a lot of environments. And, you know, if you're at the end of your, you know, five years with a company and you leave and you're getting paid 30% of the time on books because of a health thing you ha- you can't opt out of that's beneficial for everybody, it's just, it's one more thing. Um, every opportunity a woman misses because she's out of the workplace on bed rest or because she has to take care of those children or go to a doctor's appointment or take care of her own uh, feminine health, have surgeries, you know, all sorts of things that we go through again, 
based on something that's a beneficial part of biology, that costs women over the long way. It costs you in your mobility, your ability to be present when big decisions are being made in your corporation, your business, your work environment. It takes you out of a competitive environment that, and these things don't, don't really apply to men. There's not an equivalent thing that they bear that affects them in the same way. Um, you know, the, one of the reasons there's so much shame associated with it is because of these jokes, these, mm-hmm. these making fun of it. Mm-hmm. And even though we all like to laugh and it's ha ha ha, if you're the party who's constantly being made fun of, that gets into your self-esteem. That gets into the way you view yourself and your role in the world. And it makes you think of yourself as a second-class citizen, a damned person, an afflicted mm-hmm. person. That this because is something you, I have to hide. You didn't win the gender lotto. And, and I'm, I'm tired of that because once somebody thinks of themselves as less than, that informs every decision they make in the world, who they let in their world, who they let love them, who they let live with them, um, uh, what they're willing to do in relationships. Um, so I want to remove that. I want to, what they say all the time, let's normalize discussions about period. Let's normalize and equalize the effect on society. And, and it's something that should not be borne exclusively by women. There's just, it's just not rational. I have some friends who, when it comes time to talk about something like this, um, you know, get squeamish and say, oh, I don't want to talk about that. And I totally get it because it's it's not, you know, something that we are used to talking about. I don't think that this is a conversation that people um, are prepped for. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's helpful to have conversations in advance in a safe place so that when you are called upon to advocate for yourself, you're able to do so eloquently and intelligently and, and really get people's attention in a good way. Yeah. Now, I know that back in... February, we had an event here in Tallahassee for Galentine's Day, and it was a drive around town to collect um, hygiene products. And um, and I'm I'm glad to see that that happened and also that it's continuing throughout the community um, and throughout the year um, because period poverty is an economic issue yes, it is. and it's also a feminist issue right how do you see that playing out in um in the the larger economy of how women do business together and how women function together it's 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 much like what i said you know there's a real economic imp- impact from menstruating and having to deal with the you know necessary uh, things that are associated with that it gets in your head the way you think of yourself the t- the risk you're not willing to take um, there are so many people who, you know, they just don't want to be out of the home because what if I have an accident? I'm trying to make these things go further. Or what if they get sick and have to be, you know, treated for that? These uh, Women are less likely to have the access to the health care that they need, go to it because they can't miss work because they've got to take their, their time to take care of their kids. Women tend to always put themselves last. So it's just one more thing. It's one, it's one more boot on the necks of women. And what I don't like is so many other women keep it there because we talk to our, we don't talk to our boys about being sensitive to it. We talk to our girls quietly in their, in their rooms by themselves and as if this is some affliction and they need to be ashamed of it and, and you know, just don't call any attention to it. Like they've done something wrong. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to remove that. And if you think about a bunch of things that we used to be scared about and everybody told us if this happened, the world would end. Nope. When we started seeing more of those things and normalizing more of those things, we realized that the world is not going to end. And so th- this is just sort of an ignorance piece that mm-hmm. needs to be addressed. It's, a, it's an awareness piece, uh, but it's also a fairness and an equity piece. So I, I look for all women leaders and empowered and equitable men to take up this cause and make sure they talk to their boys and their their girls about this with a dignified way and show them by their own example how to be respectful of their peers going through this. 
Amaya, I wonder when you started this project at school, did you face any struggles or resistance to um, to talking about it and and helping um, to make sure that everybody had what they needed? Oh, yes, of course. And I constantly do. First, when I was way at the beginning, just and it's about to come back full circle now because I actually started this back up in September. So just when I was reaching out to administrators at schools, um, I had one t- administrator just come in. I was just talking back and forth with her and I was like, well, is there some way I can get ready to drop the products off to the school? And then she was just like, well, let me go ahead and check with the higher up authorities. So I just was like, oh, okay, all right. So I went on to the next school and then went on to the next school. And then another challenge that I faced was just now hearing back from some principals are saying that it's their decision whether they want these products at their school or not. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't they? How do they get to decide that products? Because what if it's just the principal that just doesn't want anything to do with it? But I'm like, now Mm, that's affecting the students. Yeah, it is. You you really look for leadership at the top. And so um, I would like for them to reach out and and let me know what Mm -hmm. their um, arguments against it were. And if I don't hear from them, I'll reach out to them if I find out that they don't have our dispensers and the products available. Um, We're so fortunate. Uh, Maya was asked, and we were asked recently if we would partner with the Second Harvest of the Big Bend, um, 211 Big Bend. And, um, and and through whatever help we can get through the Leon County school system to put these products and make them available, not just in schools, but everywhere they're needed. Maybe um, it's people experiencing homelessness. It may be pe- uh, women who are incarcerated in state prisons. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be um, people who just need to get this through the regular distribution channels of Second Harvest, which is through mostly other nonprofits, you know, mm-hmm. churches, nonprofits, those sorts of things. So uh, Maya is a determined young woman, and she has me behind her, so we are not going to listen to <laughs> No, no is not an option. So we're coming. So just, you know, you can go with us or we can mow you down, but we're going to do this. Oh, you definitely want to be on the path with them because this is something that is going to inspire um, girls in communities across the country. And I wonder, so what's your vision for how this how this plays out? Are you is there a dispenser? Is there a basket in the bathroom what does this actually look like for a girl who goes into the bathroom well it's gonna be a dispenser and it's gonna have pads in it because that's easier and it's the safest way and then it's gonna be disposable bags as well so that it's both and that's what's gonna be in the restrooms and these are going to be free so it's a dispenser that somebody can go in and turn some type of a dial and their product comes out yes all products will be free available and accessible Okay, so guys, we are all part of what makes this happen. When we come back from the break, we're going to hear more of Amaya's plan of distributing this throughout Leon County Schools, and most importantly, how you can help out. This is Coach Healthy Heather, and you're listening to Heather Solves Everything. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Healthy Heather. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. This is the show where we tap into your intrinsic strengths to solve the everyday problems of life. And I need your help. If you've got a problem that needs solving, let me know. It just might make it to the show. Go to CoachHealthyHeather.com and click on Solve My Problems. 
submit your idea, send it to me, and you never know, it might end up being on an episode of Heather Solves Everything. Hey guys, welcome back. This is Coach Healthy Heather and you are listening to Heather Solves Everything. I'm not doing it by myself though. I've got two friends with me today, Amaya Wayman and Dana Brooks. We're talking about Amaya's Girl Flow Project. That is F-L-O. We're talking about having your period. And we're talking about how sometimes you don't have what you need or you know that somebody else doesn't have what they need. And Amaya was not okay with that. She decided she was going on a mission to make sure that every middle school and high school in Tallahassee in Leon County has free sanitary products for everybody who needs them. And I'm so blown away by this that um, I'm wondering... What's the timeline? Like, when is this going to be reality in Leon County? I would say the timeline will be sometime this year. I don't have an exact date on it because I'm just following what God's telling me. But I'm also understanding that all of this will come together soon. And as long as I keep working and pushing towards the mission for the girl flow and making sure that these products are just accessible and available wherever they may be needed in schools and the community. That's all that matters. So before the break, we were talking about your vision of having a dispenser in the bathrooms so that um, any girl can go and have access to what she needs. And, um, it, and so we're expecting to see these in middle school and high school bathrooms. And how are they um, stocked is are you is it by donation is there grant funding for that do you need people to to bring items yes the dispensers will also be in the office or either the guidance counselor's office for elementary as well because yeah, that's a need too. people don't talk about it be yeah. there mm-hmm. and i know that some people think that oh these don't need to be in elementary Mm-mm. but brush back restroom excuse me but it does because it matters for them as well and um, I mean, I started my cycle when I was in fourth grade, so mm-hmm. they need products as well. But the products will be stocked up from the company. Okay. And Yeah, those are kind of, I guess, almost like a proprietary thing that fits the dispensers. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that's why, you know, uh, Amaya was so you know, prescient to see the need to go beyond the schools to get mm-hmm. these products where they need it and get just massive donations of product money and then go through the other, you know, means of distributing because 211 Big Ben, call 211 from anywhere with any issue and they can direct you and give you some guidance and including things like this, that are products that are just hygiene products and they're going to do it in a way that uh, maintains and respects your dignity. Same thing with Second Harvest. So, and in churches, these things can be everywhere, anywhere, and this can happen much easier than people think. Um, It's a monumental task, especially for a rising, you know, when she was a 10th grader, whenever Mm -hmm. she came to me with this project. So, um, you know, all it takes is one person who's not going to accept no. And then, uh, you know, 
and list everything you got. Use everything you got. You got a big mouthpiece, do it. You got somebody who can write checks, go get it from them. If you got people who could do grassroots, go get it for them. But this is how you change the world is by young women's activism like this. And you guys recently had a big event mm-hmm. where um, you got a lot of donations and the outpouring of support when women realize that this is something that's happening um, are rallying together to support each other. You said a woman drove all the way to Costco and came back with a big donation. Yeah, yeah. We had people pulling over um, at the red light. They're just pull over in our parking lot or on the side of the road to give us money, products. There is a, a groundswell of support behind this. And I saw women who, like me, haven't needed these pro- uh, products in a long time. But that doesn't mean they don't want to help women and girls not go through the you know, just silliness and nonsense and immaturity and lack of concern because it affects girls. And, you know, so what about girls? We're just not tolerating anymore. And we've got women from younger than Amaya to great grandmothers who are behind her efforts in this. So, Amaya, if somebody else is listening to this program right now and a light bulb has gone off over their head and they're thinking, that's cool. I need something like that. I want to do that. What's your advice to somebody who wants to start a similar effort in their community? I said they can reach out to my email at thegirlflowproject.gmail.com or they can go to facebrooks.com and get more information. When you first started this project, you just decided you saw the need. You went to the administrators at your school and said, this is something that needs to happen. And um, if somebody came to you and said, Amaya, this sounds like a really cool thing. I want to do it, too. But I'm really nervous about talking about this with my um, principal or my guidance counselor at school. What's your advice? I'm going to tell them to actually just go for it. Make that difference. Because at the beginning, I kept it all quiet. And then I soon got out there once it was featured in the newspaper and then more and more people found out about it and then the school was like wait why didn't you tell us and I actually was nervous myself because I didn't want it to be a thing where I got pushed down and pushed back Mm -hmm. but then my mom was like oh no they cannot do that because you're going (laughs) to make sure that this goes and this happens yeah if I may say something this young woman has the support of two over-the-top wonderfully supportive parents they come to all of her events they have shown up her mom and dad are obviously as proud of her as they should be. Um, and you know, not many people produce young women leaders like that. When I was her age, I was more concerned about me. And <laughs> right. so, uh, yeah, they've done an excellent job. So they're, they deserve a parenting award. Well, you're definitely making them proud. And we're really thankful and lucky to have you in our community as an example for what can get done when you see a need and decide that you're the one who is able to solve it. And I commend you also for opening the conversation with your guy friends. Yeah. And making it okay for people to talk about this subject. Yeah. Because they're leaders among their peers, just as you are. And if you can get just a few of them to stop the silliness, the making fun, putting the girls down, acting like we've got cooties or whatever the the current term is, uh, you've changed a lot. Well, you guys, we can all work towards menstrual equality by seeking out opportunities to donate. The food drives around town are plentiful. Um, When you donate food, throw in um, menstrual products as well. Everybody needs them and everybody will be appreciative. 
Yeah, the opportunities to do this are boundless, whether you're writing to representatives, whether you're talking to your school principals, uh, whether you're advocating and making sure that there's a basket of supplies wherever mm -hmm. you go. Mm -hmm. Dana, what's your advice for somebody who decides that they want to really bring this to local attention in their community? Well, I would ask for them to reach out to their community leaders and say, what are you doing to help this cause? Are you aware of it? This is what I would like for you to do. Because there are so many people who would love to help. They're just not aware of this. You know, they're very turned on about it once they hear about it. So awareness, peace, activism, getting out there and just, you know, shaking the bushes and not being quiet about it. But then um, if you are somebody who has a little bit more treasure than time, um, write a check to places like the Second Harvest because what they can do with their purchasing dollars is greater than we, when we, what we can do when we run to Costco or Walmart or those sorts of things. So think about making a donation. These are you know, tax deductible and those uh, your dollar can go a lot further that way and there's plenty of people who are willing to stretch it as far as they can go. Everybody knows how it feels to be nervous, um, not sure of themselves, even feel uh, like they don't fit in or they're they're distracted or preoccupied by something that's going on internally. And having access to the safe supplies that you need um, can boost confidence mm -hmm. um, and build leadership, keep you in the room where decisions are being made, and, um, and even turn you into a social activist. And promote greater health. I mean, whenever these needs are met and you don't have these problems going on, you may not have bigger problems later. You know, if you can, if you can get the products you need at the intervals you need them, it's just general better health. Well, when we come back from the break, we're going to be talking about four ways that you can take your vision and turn it into a reality. Stay with us. It's Coach Healthy Heather, and you're listening to Heather Solves Everything. Thank you to my sponsor, AK Social Strategies, a locally and woman-owned business that provides social media and email marketing for small businesses. Every client feels the love when their social media is curated thoughtfully and personally. With purpose and intention, social media is a business must have, but it's time consuming and ever changing. Let AK Social Strategies take the wheel. Find them on Facebook. Just search for AK Social Strategies. Listen, baby. Ain't no mountain high, ain't no valley low, ain't no river wide enough, baby. If you need me, call me. No matter where you are, no matter how far. Don't worry, baby. Welcome back, everybody. I know you're about you to start singing. To I don't want to stop you. But you're listening to Heather Solves Everything. This is Coach Healthy Heather, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm here with my friends Amaya Wayman and Dana Brooks, and we are talking about the Girl Flow Project, Amaya's community effort to make sure that all girls' restrooms in middle and high schools in Leon County are fully equipped for girls who need the stuff that they need when they've got their period. And Amaya, I am curious to know, what's next for you? What's next for the Girl Flow is with the products that are already in, still coming in, 
they're the schools are already stocked up the warehouse is packed with products it's just so overwhelming and amazing mm-hmm. so some of those products i want to get to other counties and then start yeah. placing at other states as well because i want this to be something that's just all over because mm-hmm. it's bigger than just right here yeah. i know people constantly always ask me um well just leon county schools i'm just like well yes as of right now but it's bigger than this i say mm-hmm. my goal is to impair poverty in all schools yeah so that's just what's next for the growth flow that's as well as other drives so exciting how can people help you with that people can help me with this project by just reaching out whether that's by email at the project at gmail.com or by phone 850-510-3018 they can look up facebrooks.com and get more information and reach out so we can end period poverty in all schools and in communities and all over the world. Mm-hmm. Dana, I'm sure that you must just be so proud to be partnered with Amaya and inspired by her as well. Yeah, I am. You know, I was giving her some data on this whenever we started this in 2017 when we decided to, to sue the state to end the tax on tampons. Well, all sanitary products, of course. Um, only 13 states were not taxing them. Now, 38 states are not taxing them. Um, we, part of what Facing Brooks did for the uh, to promote the law, for, uh, the lawsuit and the change in the legislature, was we got on our squawk box and we started having press conferences and I started giving um, interviews to bloggers and vloggers and law professors and criminal justice and um, social equity warriors all over. The world, actually. Um, I was interviewed uh, in Australia, I was interviewed in um, Scotland, um, and now Scotland is the first country to make these products free. Really? Not tax-free, free for everyone. Free for everyone? For one, and now in America, they are free to women who are incarcerated in federal institutions. Um, you know, you could imagine the indignity, you know, both a man and a woman maybe get, get sentenced, but a woman has to experience an additional you know, inhumane treatment and, and, and lack of dignity. And, you know, it's like an extra punishment that she that isn't relevant to anything she's done uh, just because, you know, she may be, get, be given five pads for an entire period or she may have to, um, you know, use notebook paper sometimes to clean themselves. Um, they may make makeshift tampons out of rags and toilet paper and these things they may be trying to make last days instead of hours. And that's just a dignity component, and that shouldn't be that way. Most women are still incarcerated in state prisons in our state, and so we're working very hard to get that into to those uh, facilities. We're working very hard to make sure uh, people who have to experience the indignity of homelessness don't have that comp- compounded and added to them. Um, but with everything else they're already struggling with. So to me, the biggest part is to use your platform and to keep going. And I always say this, but shame's a really effective motivator when used strategically and for good purpose. Um, bring attention to it. If somebody's standing in your, in your way, call them out because they're not going to be able to defend their behavior. You know, they're just going to say, well, we'll get bigger fish to fry. It's one of those things where if it doesn't matter to you, sometimes you think it just doesn't matter. Well, no, this matters. And we feel passionately about it. And we're going to continue um, at Facing Brooks to use our platform, our social media, and all of our offices across North Florida, all of our employees, um, our, our, our partners, our parents, 
all of them get behind us and get behind this young woman and all her friends because it does take that. But you can change the world by just not shutting up about it. <laughs> You're completely right. I think I'm I'm making a living by not shutting up that's about right. things. And, you know, that's what, what this program is all about, is bringing attention to people who are doing great things in the community and seeing a problem and um, and coming up with a solution for it. And, you know, we also want to inspire you to see solutions in your world and then identify how you can bring them about. You know, this is a problem-solving show. And so I want to leave you with some, with four ways that you can make sure that your advocacy is heading in the right direction and is heard and has something done about it. So get ready. I'm going to get a little coachy on you. Have y'all ever been having a conversation with somebody and they're super passionate and they're going on and on about how something is really important to them, but all they do is talk about it and you want to take action on it? Taking action is something that takes courage and it takes um, help and it also takes vision. And you guys know that I am all about the vision. And so my first tip for you when it comes to taking your advocacy, your passion into something that can actually change the world is to create a vision of what the world will be like and look like when you are working in that passion project. I always know for myself, if I can't visualize the way something is going to be, it's not ready for action. And I go back and refine and tweak and workshop until I can visualize the reality of that project. And then I know we're ready for prime time. Now, Amaya, you had a vision. You had a vision of having this problem solved for women and girls across Tallahassee. And you knew when it was time to take action. Talk about it. Talk about it is just the main point and main thing that I can say. And that's what helped me to understand when it was time for me to take action and make that difference. Because if I didn't talk about it, if I would have been nervous and I, if I was scared and just didn't even say anything about this, this wouldn't even be going on right now. Mm -hmm. So that's why I realized that I had to step up and make that change. Oh, that is so perfect. Talk about it. And that brings us right to tip number two. Articulate exactly what it is that you want people to know. You might hear, <laughs> do you hear all the noise of social media? Mm -hmm. Do you hear all of the people shouting everything that, that they are trying to, to share with anybody who will listen? It all gets lost when you don't have a clear, prioritized message. And so tip number two for taking your advocacy to the next level is make sure that you know when if you've got 10 seconds to tell somebody what it is that you're doing, that you can do it. And that means sometimes talking to people about it, wor working through the kinks in your presentation, practicing in the mirror, mm -hmm. talking about it in the car, talking about it to your friends so that you have that message down perfect. And so when you have the opportunity, you're able to stand up and say it. Articulate the vision. See the vision, be able to visualize it happening, and then 
put it into as few words as possible to get that message across. And then when you do that, people are going to expect you to be at step number three. Own that vision. You have got to be in a place where you are unwilling to live a life where it doesn't exist. I have a motto sometimes. It gets me out of bed to do my workout in the morning. The the alternative is unacceptable to me. Mm-hmm. I know that it takes work to make a vision come to reality, but the alternative is unacceptable to me. And that must be how you felt, Amaya. Yes, I do. I feel that way all the time. And I know that there's just so much at the end, at that last piece, at the end of the mission, where I'm just not going to stop until I've accomplished what I need to accomplish. I'm just that true go-getter. And I realized that it's got to be done somehow. And if it's going to take me, then it's going to take me as well as the help of others. Mm-hmm. Well, we're really, really glad that you have that character trait because we're going to be following you um, in the future. And that brings us to our fourth tip. You've got to be a leader. You've got to be willing to stand up and say, here we go. We've talked about it enough. We can see the vision. We know what we want. We are living in it. And now it's time to lead. Dana, I know that you work in an environment where strategic leadership is key. What's your advice for somebody who knows that they've got a mission, they've got a message, but they're not sure how to get it out into the public? You've got to uh, do, do several things. First of all, having a mission is a very important thing. It should be something you say in just one sentence, one or two sentences um, that really describes your, your motivation for it. But then somewhere between a mission and my personal mission is to promote and protect women and girls. Very simple. But then that's very lofty. Mm-hmm. So you have to operationalize that. Yeah. And that has to come in the form of goals. You know, a lot of people like to do five, ten year. A lot of people do one, five, ten year. Then once you back it down to one year goal, it, it turns out to be maybe monthly. Maybe that turns into your to-do list. But the main thing is to to know what you're doing. Never lose sight of the ball. And then what I or the goal. And what I say to people is look at your resources. Okay, first, just do an inventory. Think about what you need to get where you want to be and then look at what you've already got. I bet it's more than you think when you start looking at people, um, their influence. And you want to leverage that. That doesn't mean use people. Leverage and use are two very, very different things. Leverage means take your resources and potentiate them. Mm-hmm. Okay, take, take, if I've got somebody who can help me, maybe the two of us together can do 10 things instead of us both doing one. So uh, try not to be scattered. A lot of times you get very passionate about something, but I have to rein myself in or I'm never going to get anything done. Uh, sometimes you need to enlist the help of professionals, coaches. Um, that's very hot right now because it works. Um, a lot of coaches, uh, if you can't afford one by yourself, sometimes there's community groups online until you get to the point where you've uh, achieved enough success to where you can start paying for these things that will help you get to the next level. But I always tell people, you know, there's there's growing and there's scaling, there's leveling up, and you've got to set your sights big because there's research behind this. You as a coach probably know this, but most people like to set attainable goals, but if you set extremely lofty goals, you'll probably, you won't get all of it, but you might get 75, 80% of a lofty goal. That's way past a reasonable goal you would have set and achieved and, and kind of rested on your laurels thinking you had, you know, really done something. So don't be afraid to make big goals. Don't be afraid to shoot for them and come short because I bet you're going further than you think. Don't be afraid to ask for help and use your platforms and use those of other people who are like-minded. But mostly, I think for you young people like Amaya, I'm just amazed that she cared. 
you know, she just looked around and said, you know, I may, I just had this need one time and it wasn't met. What about my friends? What about my sisters? And what about what they go through? So uh, realize you're not the only person in the world. And if you are blessed with anything, you have an obligation to share that and put that good energy out in the world because it'll, I promise you, it'll come back to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're all in this together. Oh, guys, we are out of time for today, but I am so glad that you tuned in to listen to Heather Solves Everything here on Real Talk 93.3. Come back next week for another episode at 1 p.m. on Sunday. And check for the podcast edition of today's show on your favorite podcast app on Monday mornings. You can stay in touch with me and the show on Facebook. Just look for Coach Healthy Heather. And do you have a problem to solve? Visit CoachHealthyHeather.com and click on Solve My Problems. Submit a show topic idea. We will get it done together. Thank you, Amaya and Dana, for being here with Thanks me for today. Us. Thank you. Enjoyed it thoroughly. Now, y'all remember to learn more about Amaya's project and how you can help, visit facebrooks.com or email the Girl Flow Project, and that is flow, F L O, the Girl Flow Project at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope that something wonderful happens for you today. I'm a coach, healthy Heather, and I'm here to help you solve everything. Status confirmed. This problem is solved. Well, that's it for this week, guys. We did it. We solved another problem with a little help from our friends. You can be a superhero, too. Check us out online. That's where all the information is about how you can jump in and start solving everything. Heather solves everything with a little help from everyday heroes.